we're a different place, different Airbnb. Uh, this one is a little more stylish. Uh, I'm still sitting on the bed with the table on the bed and microphone and uh, the laptop on it. Pretty ghetto, but fancy ghetto. <laughs> Ikea, yeah, that's the definition, I think. It's fancy ghetto. <laughs> um, what part of, are you in South France or are you still moving around? Or Yeah, we're still moving around. We're in the southwest right now. So last week we were dead south of France, actually south. East, if you like, of France on the Mediterranean. And now we're on the Atlantic coast, southwest, whereby uh, Biarritz, Hasgore, like the capital of surfing in France. We just got here yesterday and be here for a few days. Okay. Are you going to get to do some surfing? I don't know, man. It's super heavy here, like big time heavy waves, like 10 footers, like super cold water, uh, very strong rip currents. Um, I I don't know. I don't really feel comfortable going in the water. And almost thankfully, <laughs> there is no surf shop opened because it's kind of low season. So we haven't seen sure. any surf shop that's actually open and renting out boards and wetsuits and and so forth. So that might be my excuse for not surfing in, in the southwest of France. Oh, man. Um, so you're going to be there for a few days and then do you go back or do you have a little bit more of the trip left? Then we drive up the coast a few hours and uh, spend another th- spend another three days on the Atlantic, and then uh, we'll go back. and It's going to be time to go back to school for my kids. Yeah, wow, that's a lot of time spent in a car with two very young kids. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. They're <laughs> they're pretty good though. They are they're pretty good travelers. They're kind of used to it, and. Uh, sure. And and sometimes, you know, like they fight and stuff over like a bottle of water or something in the back of the car. But mostly for kids that spend like five or six hours a day in a car, um, they're, they're very good. Very proud of them. You're like AirPods for everybody. <laughs> Nobody take your AirPods out till we get there. <laughs> oh, man. It sounds like you guys are following like the Foo Fighters around France or something, just going from town to town, chasing no, the band. We're fish heads. We're following fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just uh, eating lots of fish, but not following or listening to fish. <laughs> Definitely not. That would make the trip worse, I think. <laughs> Okay, so we actually have a few things to talk about here. There was uh, uh, some rumors bouncing around last week about Apple's March 25th event and what they're going to unveil there. And then over the weekend, there was, to me, there was even bigger news with Ming Chi Kuo's uh, uh, report to investors. He kind of laid out what he thinks Apple is going to do hardware wise over 2019. So I think that's, that's huge news. But before we jump into any of this, I think you had uh, like a survey you wanted to talk about. Yes. Uh, usually we do sponsor breaks, um, but sometimes uh, we like to um, find out a little bit more about our listeners in order to get good sponsors on on the show. And uh, today that's what we're doing. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And in order to find great advertisers, well, we need a little bit of help from the listeners of this show. Uh, so I'd ask you to please go to... Uh, podsurvey.com slash iOS and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. So again, it's anonymous, but it's a, uh, it's a survey about your interests. Uh, if you like tech, if you like, I don't know, uh, sports in general, things like this. And that helps us find new uh, sponsors for the show that match your interests uh, better. That way we can show advertisers 
just how great our listeners are. Plus, once you've completed the show, uh, the survey, sorry, you can choose to enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Some terms and conditions apply. Again, the, uh, the survey is anonymous. Um, if you want to put your name for a chance to win the Amazon gift card, obviously it's a little less anonymous because we need to get in touch with you uh, to let us to let you know that you won. Um, but you don't have to do this. Uh, you don't have to uh, put your name or email address for uh, for the chance to win the Amazon gift card. And you can just take the survey again. That's podsurvey.com slash iOS, P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y dot com slash iOS. Thank you so much for your help and your support of the show. Yeah, I've taken that survey a few times over the years and it's just, it's very quick. So yeah. uh, definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so it was BuzzFeed. Um, reporting that, uh, and it was actually John Paksikowski, uh, or Pakowski. I always mess up his last name. Um, but, uh, long time, long time reporter that I think everybody has just gotten to know as a very reliable source. He's clearly got somebody, uh, pretty high up in Apple or multiple sources. And honestly, to me, this report felt more like a, like a company initiated leak than, uh, you know, hard hitting research that uncovered this. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's uh just because just the way it was, it was Apple uh is planning an event for Monday, March twenty fifth at the Steve Jobs Theater uh on Apple's uh, Apple Park campus. And uh just the way it came out, it said focus on services. They're talking about a news service and the video streaming service that we've been hearing about for years. And it also said um don't get your hopes up for hardware. And again, I think that's Apple. This is a mouthpiece type of thing where it's Apple tamping down expectations. Like, hey, we know we there's been some recent rumors of, uh, you know, a new iPad Mini and maybe the next generation AirPods. Don't expect those at this event. Is kind of what it felt like they were telling us. Um, so, anyways, not a whole lot to get excited about here if you're not super into Apple services. The news service, they say it's like Netflix, but for news articles. So if you're thinking of like the New York Times, Bloomberg, think all these websites have paywalls around them. But if they were to all join up with Apple service, then you would have access to all of these great articles for a you know a low monthly fee. Um, so that's what the news service is. They're also talking about showing off this video service, right? So for over at least the last two years, we've been hearing about Apple inking deals with the Jennifer Aniston's and the Oprah's and the J.J. Abrams and the Reese Witherspoon's and any big Hollywood name you could think of. They've inked deals and, and TV shows and they've got movies and all these things in the works, this original content. They're saying that at this March 25th event, we could finally get a glimpse of what this is going to look like. So BuzzFeed is, you know, there's been after this BuzzFeed report, there's been follow up reports saying Apple is going to debut clips of the Jennifer Aniston, uh, Reese Witherspoon, I think Steve Carell, you know him as Michael from The Office. I think he's even in it. It's this uh, drama for a, a morning uh, news type of talk show. And it's behind the scenes drama type stuff. And they're saying they're going to show clips of that show at this event. So not a whole lot to get excited. But for me, for somebody who's been writing about these movie deals and these TV deals for the past two years... I'm kind of excited to finally see that come to fr- to fruition a little bit. Uh, we're hearing that the 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 video service may not launch until May, maybe even a little bit later in the summer or early fall. So there's a lot of conflicting reports there, uh, but it's definitely close, right? And it's definitely um, it's definitely going to we're going to have a better idea of what all this means around March 25th. Now, BuzzFeed does kind of hedge its bet a little bit. 
It says, uh, sources said there's a small chance the final date could shift a bit given the level of publisher pu- pushback that Apple has gotten over the revenue sharing terms um, for the new service. Uh, but, you know, I think it seems like a lot of people have settled on Apple's going to hold a, an event on late March, right? Is that kind of what you're getting to? Yeah, yeah. And it seems like there's not going to be any announcement about hardware, which is probably a question that a lot of people have on their mind when they hear about an event in March. It seems it's it's exclusively going to be focused on services, um, new subscription and TV slash uh, movie service. Yeah. What it made me kind of think of is, do you remember the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus event. I want to say that was the same year that they unveiled the Apple Watch. Now, obviously, they didn't launch it till the following year, but I want to say they unveiled these bigger smartphones and the Apple Watch, and they invited a lot of celebrities. And there was, uh, like, Dr. Dre, and there was musicians there, but there were also, like, actors and actresses, and I think there was even, like, musicians there. And they had the big white building set up next to the big... Uh, you know, area, the area where they had the event. And then they built this huge pop-up building next to it. And people who were there said that there were helicopters circling in the sky. And it just felt like this big event. That's almost what this feels like as they talk about, they're inviting these Hollywood stars to this event. They're going to unveil, you know, this video service. I don't know. There's a little bit of intrigue there for me, for sure. But I'm kind of bummed about the hardware, right? Yeah, absolutely. But you get a, you get a no, that or you got to realize that Apple probably puts hundreds of millions of dollars in the production of his uh, TV shows and maybe even movies and stuff like this. So right. they they have uh, contracted, I guess, these movie stars and TV stars. So they're going to want to milk the hell out of this <laughs> event. And for good reasons, you know, like they want the best possible coverage uh, they can get and launch this with, you know, huge fanfare. And uh, so I can totally understand why they, why they would want to do this. If you're going to, if you're going to spend so much money and hire some uh, top A-list actors, you want to make sure that uh, every publication, every news report in the world is going to focus on that for that day. Um, so yeah, it feels like we're just going to have to just wait and see what happens there. Uh, but again, I think the kind of underscoring theme here is don't expect any hardware. Again, we're talking, you know, there's the rumors are really ramping up about the next generation AirPods. I know me and you have talked about on the show how excited we are about it. Um, there's also talk of AirPower coming in the next, uh, month or two, right? That's a, uh, charge three devices thing that Apple announced well over a year ago and it's still, uh, uh, nowhere to be found, but there's talk that that may be coming here soon in the next month or so. So it's for me, it was kind of a surprise to hear. Don't expect any hardware at the March event. That would be odd, though, to have any hardware announcement if it's hundred percent focused on on services. That would be odd to have. Hey, look at this new TV show we're launching with this actor, and look at this movie we're producing with this director and this awesome actress that everybody knows and loves. Oh, and by the way, you can buy new AirPods and uh, AirPower next month. It's it, it just doesn't you know like it's totally two different themes that don't go well together. I feel like. You could have a really good transition, though, where you go and you can listen to these new TV shows on your brand new AirPods. Yeah. No? No? The game show thing doesn't work? No? Okay. I don't know. I'm skeptical about that one. Yeah. Very skeptical. I, I, I get what you're saying, though. It makes sense. And we have to remember 
how important services are to Apple at this point in its uh, growth, right? Because we just got through the the kind of tough holiday quarter. Apple didn't sell as many iPhones as it expected to. In fact, all smartphone sales are expected to kind of be tapering off or at least slow down. There's not going to be this huge growth there anymore. So Apple, and for several quarters we should we should note now, has been pounding the drum of look at our services, look at our services. You know, it's the size of a Fortune 500 company. Now our services are the size of a Fortune 200 company. And they've been, you know, they've definitely been pointing to it a lot over the past year, maybe two years. Uh, so services is a huge deal for Apple. They want to nail this. Um, I did have a quick question for you on pricing. It said maybe $10 a month uh, for this new subscription service. Then you start looking at maybe $10 a month or so for the video subscription service. Um, at what? How many of these services can Apple charge independently for? Or you think they could just make one like $14.99 a month cost, I don't know. right, a fee? That's my biggest question so far is if Apple's going to have multiple of these services with monthly fees, what's – are they going to offer something that says, okay, you can have access to everything? They could at a discount, but if each service individually is 10 bucks, if you have music for 10, movies for 10, and, sur- uh, and news for 10, uh, that's $30. The best discount you would have is maybe $5. You're not going to get, like, buy, you know, get the three for the price of two. That's, I, I think that would be, um, giving up too much for music like the ten dollars when you pay ten dollars a month for apple music like apple makes very little money on that at the end you know they have to pay uh to pay the record labels the artists apple makes very very little money out of his ten dollars um news services there is a rumor that apple is uh asking for 50 percent of the revenue uh, from the news publications that would get on board with the program. So that would be a little bit of money, but at most that would be, you know, out of these 10 dollars, that would be five dollars that Apple would make. So they have very little, uh, lee room here, uh, leeway here. The more room where they have, it might be with the TV slash movie service where that's their own money that they're putting on the table. That's, that's contents that they are creating with their own money. And that means that they could, they could say, okay, let's make this, let's use this as a loss leader and um, sell it or give it away, basically, uh, for virtually free and count this as a loss. And let's hope that people are going to sign up for other services and buy uh, hardware uh, in the back of the service. But I don't, I don't see like the the package, the uh, news, music, and 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 TV being heavily discounted that i don't know i I just don't see this happening yeah i mean that's not a bad that's not a bad read on it what i keep going back to though is the way amazon does it with its prime service i think that amazon music and mind you it's nothing like apple music it's not uh i don't think it has all the latest and greatest all encapsulated where you can listen to anything you want basically on demand Uh, i think it's a little more hampered than that but i i want to say it's ten dollars if it's not ten dollars it might be five dollars for the music service, but you can get Amazon Prime for I think it comes out to like twelve ninety nine a month or fourteen ninety nine a month, and you get music, you get uh, video, right? The Prime Video service, which I think again by itself is like ten dollars. Um, you just get access to a whole bunch of things that separately I think are at least ten dollars a month or close to it. 
So I just wonder if Apple and maybe they have to take Amazon's lead here and then say, okay, we'll give you a huge discount on all these services, but you have to pay us in a one-time shot. We don't want you to pay us monthly. Give us the 120 bucks up front, and now you've got Apple Prime for the year. That's a very common thing. I see it when, you know, for like website hosting, things like this, they will drastically discount the money if you're willing to pay it all up front. That way they don't have to worry about somebody maybe canceling six months. They're like, already got your money. Um, so yeah, I guess we're just sitting here speculating, obviously. But this is one of the more interesting facets of all of this is how much is Apple going to be able to charge for this? And then how much are they going to make themselves? Because again, they are very into this services thing right now. Yeah, and who knows? The, the TV service could even be free. Again, they don't own they don't owe money to anyone. They don't owe money to the news uh, news providers. They don't owe money to the the record labels. They producing this content. So they could say, as long as you have an iOS device or Mac that's running macOS, uh, Mojave Plus, or iOS thirteen you can watch this for free. Why not? It's their content. And this way, it's a good, it's good motivation to, for people to keep using Apple devices. Maybe if you're on the fence, like you have an iPhone or you just have an iPad and you're thinking about getting another tablet or another phone, you're thinking about getting an Android or something, like, eh, you know, why not keep getting an iPhone or an iPad? Because at least I can still get access to um, the content uh, from from Apple, I don't know. That could be a possibility as well. Just adding it to their arsenal of things to lock you in the ecosystem. Yeah, that's not a bad. That's not a bad take, honestly. Uh, Apple definitely. If anybody, if any tech company had the cash to just burn on, hey, let's make some interesting things that'll keep people in iPhones. Um, that's it. Or Apple's it. You know, they just have all that cash on hand. And uh, and keep in mind that this is their service is not going to be like Netflix, it's in terms of content available. And they might strike some deals with some other content producers to get like a a back catalog of some stuff, but they're not going to have a gigantic catalog like Netflix uh, has. So that means they're going to have to make concessions to get not only to get people on board with the service, but only to get people to keep using the service regularly. And that might be a challenge for the next few years until they can build their own catalog of great shows and stuff like this. Uh, so to me, that that really wouldn't be surprising to have Apple offer uh, TV and movies to, uh, to Apple users. Yeah, things are definitely starting to get hairy in this area too because if you think... All right, I'm gonna cut the I'm gonna cut the cable. See you later, $120 cable bill. All right, what do we got? Now I'm on DirecTV now, right? That's like the skinny bundle, 30 or 40 channels for 40 bucks a month. All right, I'm paying 40 bucks a month, and I have some decent live channels, ESPN stuff like that. Okay, I do want HBO though. I had that in my $120 cable package. Let's add HBO for ooh, $15. Okay, that's rough. Uh, another 10 bucks for Showtime. Another 10 bucks for uh, I don't know, Epics. And then another $5 for ESPN Plus, so you get their streaming stuff. Now I'm back at $80. I mean, I'm terrible at math, but you get what I'm saying. Like, this all starts adding back up to the point where you go, wait a minute. I thought I cut the cord to save money. I'm back up at 100 bucks to get all these channels again. Uh, so I think it's starting to get hairy here, and I think that is what makes me so interested in how Apple's going to price this thing. Because at some point, people are going to be like, no more. Like, there's already content overload. You can't watch yeah. everything on Netflix, even if you sat in front of your TV for a year. But it's, uh, 
uh, it's got to be good enough for people to pay for. Or like you said, Apple's got to make a concession and say, okay, we won't even make you pay for it. We just want you to be in our ecosystem. Yeah. Or maybe if you're an Apple Music subscriber, you get TV and music for free. Oh, okay. I like that angle. There was a lot of talk in, in the early days of these rumors that all this content was going to come through Apple Music, like it was going to run through the Apple Music I, app. I don't so. think so. It's, it's just that, that, well, I don't think that, that I don't think that, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think that'll hold true now. I'm just saying the two have been tied together closely yeah, yeah. throughout the report. Well, that's because Apple was releasing their TV shows, Carpool Karaoke, on, on Apple Music. Planet of the, which, even Planet you know, of the Apps. Uh, and, Planet, and even Planet of the <laughs> Apps, which, it was strange to have something completely unrelated to music in the music app. It's just, it, it really showed that they had nothing better <laughs> to, to <laughs> no buy. No better distribution system. Yeah, yeah. No, to buy, even though they had the TV app, which probably could have been a better way, but they probably, again, wanted to push people to launch the music app and use the music app and maybe subscribe to the music app. But still, it, it was a, a strange fit. Yeah. Wow, we're talking a lot of like deep-seated strategy here by Apple. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, we just want to kind of highlight like here, there's some interesting points to these services. So even if you're not super psyched about whatever TV show Apple's working on, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the, the pricing and strategy plays out. Uh, something I wanted to, to, to briefly talk about too, is the 50, 50 revenue split with, uh, news providers. Okay. And, and I know like the, when the news came last week, uh, um, that was a surprising number, right? Because we all know that the publishing industry online and offline is kind of not dying, but it's not a, a struggle. A, it's for sure struggling. It, it is struggling. You know, it's, it's harder and harder to make money. I mean, we wouldn't, I wouldn't know that firsthand. It's harder and harder to make money as a publisher. Like think the good old days of slapping some banner ads and, and making money is, it's just behind us. Um, and it's the same for everybody, you know, it's the same for the New York Times. It's the same for small and big publisher. BuzzFeed just had a bunch of layoffs. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So when the news came last week that Apple, the greedy Apple was going to take 50% (laughs) commission or fee, um, on subscription services, it was, it came as shocking, uh, because, uh, one, it's a big number, and why would Apple be entitled to 50% of that for just piping the content into their application? Really not doing anything, uh, just you know, providing, being a pipe for the content. Um, so I can understand that. But also because, um, because it is known in the industry that the, the, the publishing industry is struggling, it is not thri- uh, thriving any, any longer, um, so it wouldn't make sense financially for a for a publisher to cut a deal with Apple and give away fifty percent of the potential revenue to Apple. Um, and I I was thinking about it a little bit for for publishers like the New York Times. Of course, it wouldn't make sense because if you're the, if you're the New York Times um, or CNN or the Wall Street Journal, like some big names like this people are most likely going to come to you directly and subscribe to your content directly to you. But if you're a small publisher like us, like if Apple said, hey, um, we are going to take 50% of whatever revenue you charge for uh, and then we're going to put IDB behind a paywall in our new service. As a small publisher, I'd probably be saying, sure, do it. Why not? Because you're probably going to reach out uh, an audience, an audience that I wouldn't reach by myself. Um, so what I wouldn't make in in revenue per user, 
I would, I would make less revenue per user, but the pool of users you're exposing me to is much wider than I would be able to do on my own. Again, like this is good for, I think this is true for small developer, um, small publishers, um, that don't have much exposure, but I have more to win to give Apple more money, um, but also get le- more people potentially sign up to, the, to their service. Now, you know, I t- took the example of IDB. We don't have a paywall. Like everything is 100% free on IDB. Uh, so that wouldn't work. But um, other smaller publishers that offer uh, content behind a paywall, they could potentially, I think, benefit from that. So that the 50-50 um, revenue split doesn't sound that outrageous anymore. It's outrageous that Apple would take that much money for doing virtually nothing. <laughs> but really, it, they, it might be a good uh, way for small publishers to to sign up many more people than they could do on their own. Yeah. I'm, I, I think I've, there was a follow-up report that said that Apple was actually getting through to quite a few publishers based on them wanting a small piece of a big pie instead of a big piece of a small pie. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly this. Yeah. 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 So I think they are getting, I think they are getting some traction there, but you're right. I don't know how much sense it makes for some of the larger publications that just really don't even need that exposure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, really what's fascinating to me about this March 25th event is the strategy surrounding these two big services they're talking about. Um, so Ming Chi Kuo, what is probably the most reputable analyst, I think, in the game right now, um, is a guy for KGI Securities, uh, who has uh, numerous times proven to have sources at, at the very least in the Asian supply chain, you know, these manufacturers that build products for Apple. And he came out with a heck of a report over the weekend. This might be one of the most wide, far reaching reports from him I've seen. And basically, his job is to give investors an idea of what they're looking at. What's Apple looking to do in 2019 so investors can make their decisions early? Like, should I invest? Should I, you know, pull out of Apple? What should I do? And, um, man, there is everything in this report. He talks about iPhones. He talks about iPads. He talks about Mac, uh, the Mac lineup. That's both laptops and, uh, desktops. Uh, briefly talks Apple Watch and then even mentions the uh, the rumored uh, iPod Touch and whatnot. So I figured we could just kind of go down this list and kind of touch on each one of these. Uh, the iPhone's probably one of the more least exciting uh, uh, in this list just because it says they're going to look very similar to the previous models. Uh, they're going to have lightning connectors, no USB-C like, like we've heard uh, a few rumors mentioned in the past. Um, the main upgrades here are going to be, do you know what UWB stands for? No, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. But frosted glass casing, that's something I've seen mentioned a few times, right? So if you look at your phone now, it's got this beautiful glass casing. Frosted would kind of, I believe, add a little bit of a smoky type look to that. So it's just a different way to to put the glass out there. Maybe it gives it a little bit of different look. Um, This is interesting. Bilateral wireless charging. Now, I had to look this up, but from what I gather, bilateral wireless charging means that the iPhone will wirelessly charge other devices. So if you imagine this back being, it can, okay, so the back of an iPhone, imagine that it can, one, charge the iPhone by sitting on a wireless charging pad, or two, it could be the wireless charging pad, and you could charge, like, your wireless AirPods from it. That's the biggest use that I keep coming up with, 
you know, thinking of how this would work in practice. You set your wireless charging case down on top of the iPhone and watch your AirPods charge a little bit. Or charge your Pretty- iPad in top. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just set your huge, like, 13-inch iPad on this thing. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> But uh, I thought that was pretty fascinating. Of course, upgraded Face ID we keep hearing. And then uh, possibly this triple lens camera system uh, that, again, we've seen in multiple reports and, and concept drawings over the past month. Um, did you see anything for iPhone that stuck out? Um, the frosted glass casing, something we've heard uh, about last week with um, other rumors of of uh, AirPods coming in black and having this, uh, this frosted um, finish for better grip. Um, so this is something that I'm interested to see how Apple could uh, implement this in, in the next iPhone. Um, super excited about the, I hate that name, bilateral wireless charging. But like <laughs> you were mentioning, being able to, uh, and that's probably the best possible example you can give, like being able to charge, to, to put your AirPods case on top of your iPhone and charging um, the, the AirPods uh, with the power available in your iPhone. That's quite an amazing feature. I think I've seen last week that Samsung or some other uh, Android device maker was going uh, was gonna to be unveiling something like this. Uh, so uh, Apple wouldn't be first to do this, and I'm sure they're not even right now to do it, but uh, that's something I'm pretty um, excited about. Uh, improvements to Face ID, very excited about because, as you know, Cody, we've talked about that on many occasions. <laughs> I like Face ID, but I'm still not 100% sold on it. Um, it's it's still not has. It is reliable, but it is not as convenient to me as Touch ID, and and that's something that I can't get over. Uh, so any improvements that could be made to Face ID would be uh, very much uh, welcome for me. Um, triple cam, uh, we heard uh, before that it might be exclusive to the the 10s Max successor, so only the Max model, and I, that's not something I would buy. So that's not something I would um, I wouldn't get the triple cam iPhone. So I'm not very much concerned about that one. It's fascinating to me that he even names out the suppliers: <laughs> Luxshare, Sunway. O film, you know, like if you yeah. wanted to invest in, if you're like, hey, I'm going to throw some money in USI because they apparently are a key supplier here. Um, just to show you the reach of his contacts, I guess. I don't know. Um, the size of the iPhone, six and a half inch, five and five point uh, eight inches. Uh, both of those OLED displays and then another 6.1 inch LCD display. It sounds like we're going to get the same crop that we got last year, right? With the, yeah. with the 10S, 10S Max, and then the, uh, 10R. No USB-C, um, unfortunately. I'm, I'm ready I, to move I'm, on. I'm, yeah, I am too. I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm bummed that there's, that USB-C isn't closer. Apple did it with the iPads. This is just such a universal thing now. I don't know if there are any huge benefits that Lightning still has over USB-C. Remember when Apple introduced Lightning, it it, it itself was using uh, the 30-pin charging port, and uh, everybody else was doing micro USB at the best. So there wasn't this interchangeable, it works from both sides type of charging cable. Now that exists in USB-C, it's got all the bandwidth and things that you need, right? You can use it to connect your laptop to your monitor, so it's got the bandwidth. I just don't know what the benefits are for Apple to keep lightning around other than maybe the proprietary of being able to sell more accessories and and keep things exclusive. And, and, you know, 
I should also throw in, yes, they're a corporation and its goal is to make money, but I think safety and privacy is a big deal too. And I think it has more control over those aspects through lightning than it, than it does with USB-C. Mm. I, you know, it's got the little, the lightning cables. If you're a MFI certified, right. Made for, made for Apple devices. It's, they have the little safety security chips in the lightning cables. So I think they have a little more control over those yeah. um, than, than they would over USB-C. But yeah, I'll admit I'm also bummed. Um, speaking of iPads, uh, this was kind of interesting. Kuo says that, uh, the 9.7 inch iPad, so that's the one Apple sells for, I think $330, very base level, but it does have Apple pencil support. He's saying that this is going to bump up to a 10.2 inch iPad and that there's going to be a new iPad mini. Uh, so a, a slightly bigger, uh, base model iPad and then a new iPad mini with, it says an upgraded processor. I'm assuming this is processor. Yeah. Uh, so that's not honestly... I think there's a lot of people waiting for a new iPad mini, but if you're saying its biggest update is just going to be a, a faster processor, I don't know how well that sells. You, I, you would think it would have Face ID, yeah? You would think and any new device shipping now is going to have Face ID, but right. uh, I guess you got to keep cost down for some devices until Face ID is... Um, uh, how do you say this? Amortized, you know, like since they've made them enough in, in enough large quantity that it's um, a fairly uh, inexpensive component of a device. Right. But for now, it's still fairly new, and they're still working on it, and um, so they reserve them to the higher higher end models, like the iPad Pros and uh, the iPhones. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um. Anytime the iPads get bigger, that's better in my opinion. So this moved to ten point two inch. I just think on the touch, you, you, the iPhones are so big now. There has to be a bigger gap for me between my iPhone XS Max and the iPad for me to really see a use for it, right? Because it's yes, things are nicer on the nine point seven inch iPad or whatever. I had a nine point seven inch iPad Pro up until a few months ago, but it was just felt like. It felt like more work to go either hunt down where the iPad was or go make sure it's charged. More work to do that than going, okay, I'll just tough it out on my iPhone here. I've got a pretty decent size screen. I'll just tough out the task on here. Um, so anytime these iPads get bigger, it's a win for me. So I uh, I was telling you before the show, I went to the Apple store, pick up some stuff this weekend or before the weekend, actually. And uh, I played a little bit with the iPhone XR. And man, I really like this phone. That's, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if, if I'm kind of on the fence for next year, like depending how they evolve the 10R and assuming that the 10R is going to evolve in parallel with the 10S or, you know, the, their next versions, I think I might, I might go 10R. I really like, I really like the size actually. Like it's, it doesn't, you're not a big phone person. No, but it's not that big. It's not as big as, uh, 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 10s max and in your hand like i was comparing I, i'm you know weight wise on the paper like the 10r is heavier than the 10 the 10s um but like in your hand like it doesn't feel much heavier and actually it feels like lighter than <laughs> than the 10s and uh i was like it's, kind of, oh, it's man. spread over a bigger body probably yeah 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 so it's and it's well um it's well balanced 
So it, it feels really good in your hands. I'm like, oh man, I really like this. <laughs> Bigger screen, not much heavier, actually feels lighter, but I know it's not, but it feels like it. Um, longer battery life, which I'm never really concerned about, but it's always nice to have. The only thing that I really don't like is the the there's still like some sort of bezel around it. And I know it's screen, you know, like uh, widescreen and everything, but it's, you might call it edge to edge, but it's, the edge is fairly fairly wide. Um, so you have like a black band all, all around, which is very noticeable coming from the, from the XS. But still, it's a, it's a really, really nice device. Took a few pictures with it in the store. Obviously, it's very well lit in the, in the Apple store, so it takes good pictures and stuff. But it's like, I really like this phone, man. I'm really, mm-hmm. really digging it. That's, that might be a contender for next year. Again, assuming that it evolves on the same pace as um, the the tennis. Right. Yeah, because what we're hearing is these this triple lens system uh, and some of these other bigger new features, Apple is likely to reserve those for the 10s Max. So if you think that the 10R won't obviously be on that level, but if it can hang with the 10s and be three or $400 cheaper and also have the bigger display and the better battery life, that it might be a win device for a lot of customers like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Is the screen not, doesn't, does the screen not worry you since it's not OLED? I mean, you are the king of spotting blurry things. (laughs) (laughs) And you would know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, You threw me off with that one. Um, No, I, I didn't notice anything with the screen. Um, maybe in the long run or under different lighting conditions, different usage with my own applications loaded on it, I would notice like a few things down there. But in the few minutes I played with it, I, I honestly didn't notice anything. It's to me, it was identical um, to, to the tennis. Okay. Even though it's not. I th- yeah. And I think it's maybe that's something too, that you don't notice until you've used it for more than a couple of minutes in a store. Yeah, probably in a well, like in a well lit store too. Probably, yeah. Um, well, that's cool. That was a nice little side note there. Uh, anything excites you about what he says about these iPads? No, fairly, you know, yeah. fairly uh, basic stuff. St- well, fairly standard, standard, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Other than the slight bump in size here, and also the return of the iPad Mini. I think it's been in three or four years now since we've seen. An yeah, there. but it's not the first rumor we hear about that. So, it oh, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not at all. Okay, the Max is where it really gets interesting. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's just jump right in. This first one, uh, Apple's working on an all-new design, 16 to 16 and a half inch MacBook Pro. So let's let's relook at that. <laughs> 16. Now Apple has had a 17 inch MacBook in the past, right? These things were huge. And those kind of went by the wayside several years ago. Apple's been pretty content with just offering the 13-inch MacBook Pro and the 15-inch MacBook Pro. 16.5 would definitely be a noticeable bump. Um, obviously, they can still, they're still in a place where they can keep it thin, uh, the overall machine thin. But having this bigger display size, I mean, that's a win for everybody, right, that needs the, the real estate. That's a win for, um, like, designers and maybe even programmers, definitely gamers, uh, and when you have a bigger machine like this, you can also pack more things into it, and that means better performance. So I think I read that this would be aimed at like your pro users and your gamers. It's very intriguing to me. I don't feel like I ever want to spend four grand on a laptop, which is what this kind of says to me. If you look at what the 15 inches start at, 
I feel like this is can't start lower than twenty five hundred or maybe even three grand. Yeah. Um, so kind of out of the price range of somebody like myself who usually gets a base model laptop, but it's, there's still something super intriguing about having all that power and all that screen real estate in a beautiful thin device. Yeah. Um, um, that would be a huge machine though. That would be a big, big computer because you know, like it's not when you look at the 15 inch, you just don't add an inch to the side and say, oh, that's yeah. what it's going to do. The size of the device would be significantly bigger. So I think that would make for a big-ass computer. Well, uh, so unless they go edge-to-edge display, which we haven't seen them do, I don't think really. On, maybe the new Air is, has smaller uh, bezels on the side, but... Um, if they, unless they went edge to edge display on the display part of it, you've got to think that the base of it. So the keyboard and everything has got to be big enough to not only hold a 16 and a half inch display, measure that diagonally, there's going to be maybe a half inch border on each edges. So that base has got to be big enough to match up perfectly with that. So when it's closed, everything is lines up. So yeah, you're right. You're talking about a much bigger machine. But again, though, I think if you can keep it thin, it's not going to fit in your backpack, probably. <laughs> that you know, if anybody's got like a a backpack that has a little laptop compartment, those are usually only made to go up to fifteen inches. So this one's probably not going to fit. But I think it's going to be a powerful machine. Mm-hmm. I was I was surprised when I heard about this Apple. And I, you know, Apple's taken some criticism for kind of leaving the pros behind. And I think this would be a a perfect salute to them to be like, hey, we didn't forget about you. So that's the that's the big MacBook Pro change. Uh, Kuo also mentioned the easily upgradable Mac Pro is coming this year. Now, obviously, everybody's skeptical, including myself, because we haven't seen a machine like this from Apple in a long time. The last time they tried to do something like this, we got the trash can, and it just didn't go very well. <laughs> it's uh, I think they're still uh, up till very recently. If they're not doing any more, Apple was selling this Mac Pro online with years old processors because it just wasn't easily upgradable. Um, but uh, Apple did say that they were working on something like this. There's been a few spotty rumors and reports over the last several months about it. And then Kuo bringing it up honestly just adds a ton of weight to it. So if I had to bet, I would say we see this in 2019. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 31.6 inch 6K monitor. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Apple would come back to the monitor space with a vengeance. That thing's huge. Um, did you have the original Apple Cinema display? No, I never had one of these. Yeah, I haven't either. They're again, they're just always pretty pricey, and you can usually find a, a good Dell panel or something along those lines for for less money. But you got to think Apple pulled out of the display game over the past few years, and at the most we've seen them do is team up with LG over these what was it, Ultra Retina or Super Retina displays, and. Uh, I don't know how well those sold because Apple drastically, re- you know, discounted those for like six months, and I just don't think those sold well. So uh, this would be an interesting play to come back in the monitor space and have a 6K, virtually 32 inch monitor. Uh, Apple does these very well, and I know they're very popular with pros. I just don't know, you know, these are going to be over a thousand dollars, like they have to be. Um, anything else about Mac that stood out to you? 13-inch MacBook Pro might get a 32-gig option. That's, mm-hmm. you know, again, that's a tip of the hat to the pros, but nothing crazy there. I just, the 6K monitor, the uh, the upgradable Mac Pro tower, 
and the uh, 16 and a half inch MacBook. Woo, what a powerful lineup for 2019, right? Even if that's all Apple was doing, that's got to make Mac fans happy. Yeah. Uh, it does mention an all new design for the 16 or 16 and a half MacBook Pro. The, and, but it doesn't mention anything about the design of the 13 inch MacBook Pro. And that's the one I'd be interested in. Because we're going to be we're going to be due for a design upgrade, you know, at the end of the year. But the the MacBook Pro uh, will have gone three years without um, a, a redesign. Um, some ch- some things have changed on the inside. Some things have changed with the keyboard, for example. But um, from the outside, it looks the same today than it used than it did uh, two years ago. And uh, and usually, you know, around the three-year period, that's the time where Apple redesigns its laptop. So I'm hoping, and especially because I'm the one, my uh, MacBook Pro is coming at the end of its uh, life. It seems like right now, or at least its life in my household. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm hoping for uh, a redesigned MacBook Pro. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm kind of at the point where. My uh, MacBook Pro is out of Apple Care warranty, and uh, I'm looking to move it here in the next couple months. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Apple Watch, not as exciting. ECG uh, support being added for additional countries. Uh, that doesn't impact either one of us, I don't think, right? Because you have an American version now that's working. Yes. Do you check your ECG very often? Never. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I was like, you told me I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to have to go through that again. But I trusted that if something happens, it will alert me anyway. So Yeah, same here. Like if it reads that my my heart rate is too high while I'm not exercising, I'm I trust it to be like, hey man. <laughs> Although I don't know if it's secretly telling me that when I get the breathe notifications. <laughs> I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? This is the fourth time you told me to breathe in the last 30 minutes. Um this is kind of interesting ceramic case design uh, for the Apple watch coming this year. So Apple for the series three introduced a new, very stylish ceramic casing, right? With the white it almost looked like ivory to me, but it's clearly uh, ceramic and it just gave it this kind of like classy premium look, obviously more expensive. I think these were around a thousand bucks, but uh, we didn't see it with the series four. And I just wondered if because the series four got such a design change, right? Bigger displays, um, and some other tweaks, internal and external tweaks. I just wondered if they couldn't get the ceramic casing in time. Now it looks like they are ready to maybe release that 2019. And then that also makes me wonder, are we not going to see a Series 5 this year? Is Apple just going to say, hey, we have the ceramic Series 4 now and we have some cool new software for the watch, but nothing nothing in terms of actual Series 5 hardware? I don't know about that. Um, it's such a hot... It's a very hot product right now. I agree with that. For for Apple, that sells apparently very, very well. Um, and uh, I think they would be shooting themselves in the foot by not releasing a, a proper upgrade, even if the design, and I don't I don't expect the design of the, the device Circles. to change this year. No, forget <laughs> about it. No, it's going to be the same You're like, design. Cody, just leave it. It's never going to happen. <laughs> It's going to be the same design this year, but there's going to, you're going to have your little speed bump, the usual, you know, um, uh, S version, if you will. Um, but this ceramic casing might just be uh, an addition version, maybe, of the uh, Series 5. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like they haven't done an actual Apple Watch 
hardware update every year, right? I think these have been kind of off. It's not like I guess the last couple of years there has been new releases in October, but it hasn't always been like that, right? There was maybe like a launch in March or something. I don't know. It's tough to. Well, the first year and a half was uh, because the thing, the, the problem is the, the the watch launched for the first time in what was it April. The very first Apple Watch. So it kind of threw the schedule off a little bit. Um, but then they seem to be on regular schedule now every year uh, with in September with a new iPhone comes a new watch. Or around wow, the same time anyway. Maybe not the same exact launch day, but around the same time comes a new watch. Yeah, that's a fair point. But like you, like you said, even if we were to see a Series 5, it's just probably not going to be any external changes really be mostly internal type stuff yeah um and then finally this last little bracket he has here is showing the uh uh kind of like accessory or like little ticky tack stuff to expect new ipod touch it was kind of i was kind of surprised to see him confirm this rumor this was probably the most kind of out there to me i thought why does apple need to update its ipod touch lineup uh he notes that this would come with an upgraded processor this is another device that I wonder if they waste uh, Face ID on. As you talked about, maybe this is still a little more expensive feature. Um, so they maybe they wouldn't want to put it on an iPod Touch that they would obviously want to price well below the iPhone. But at the same time, you want there to be parity in your devices across the board. And so it'd be weird if you're releasing in 2019 a non-Touch ID or a non-Face ID device. Um any, what do you see with this iPod Touch? Is there a market for that? Are there still people that just want maybe just music? I mean, a lot of people stream music at this point. I don't know. We talked about this last a couple of weeks ago. Right. It's it's a it's tough, man, because I'm not going to buy an iPod Touch to my kids. I'm going to give my daughter an old iPhone that I don't use there anymore that's in the drawer. And I think now that we're you know 10 years into iPhone, people have switched enough or upgraded to enough new iPhones and maybe even kept their old iPhone that they have one laying around to give to their kids. And I don't know, that's that's hard to justify. The, the, the new iPod Touch or a, a new iPod Touch is really hard for me to justify in 2019. Yeah, same here. Um, this is one I think we're both excited about. Mass shipments of AirPower and new AirPods start in the first half of 2019. Now, I know I did a report, uh, was it the Economic, Taiwan's Economic Times, I think, that said that the AirPods were going to come out in the next month or two. And we've talked about this. We're both ready for new AirPods. Uh, I know mine have been finicky and charging. I use mine every day, especially at the gym. Um, I'm kind of bummed that the latest round of rumors doesn't have the AirPods getting any type of... Uh, uh, better waterproofing or sweat resistance or anything like that. But we have heard of a cool black colorway, uh, which we've discussed before would make them maybe a little bit less, uh, standoutish. <laughs> you can't see, you know, they don't stick out as much as maybe if they're in a darker color and, you know, tucked into your ears. Uh, air, air power. We talked about this ad nauseum, um, and what that, what that accessory is and how long that has been talked about, but not shown. Um, I was kind of surprised that there's no mention of these over the ear Bluetooth headphones or wireless headphones that we've heard rumored so often over the last six months. So I don't know if this product exists or it just seems like something that would be right up Apple's alley. Like they, they get sound quality really good, right? We've seen that with the HomePod. They've been making headphones with their iPhones for years. 
Um, so they get the sound quality right, but they also, this seems like somewhere where their design team could really flex their muscles, right? Um, if you're like a Johnny Ive type or somebody like that, just the curves and the, just the, it's such a large device or can be a large device that goes over your ears. Everybody sees it. Just seems like a place, a blank canvas where you could really flex your, your design prowess. And, uh, so I was kind of surprised to not see that on here. Yep. I mean, we've talked, both talked about being interested in buying, even though we already have the AirPods, sometimes you want that extra noise cancellation, that extra, you know, sound stage or whatever it's called to get that uh, extra sound quality. So air power and AirPods first half of 2019, that's the prediction for the time frame here. So first yeah. half of 2019, uh, we are months two of 2019. Uh, so we could see this according to Quo, uh, sometimes between now and June, which seems to match some of the latest rumors we've heard. Um, I'm super excited about that. I wonder if they'll show up at WWDC. Is that a, uh, is that a, uh, would that count as the first half? Yeah, it would. I, I don't know. It's kind of an odd event to launch this. Um, honestly, I feel like, Air power, um, air pods are a big hit. Huge hit. But do they need an event? Do they need, or can they just be a press release? Really? You know, it's not, they're big hit, but they're not iPhone material. They're not like iPad material. They're not new Mac material. Can, can they be launched with a press release and a special coverage from a few handpicked journalists that get, you know, maybe, um, early access, early hands-on with this and, um, and you know, use something, um, pre, pre-launch something in the news about this. I think that could, I think that could be the case really with, uh, with updated, upgraded AirPods. Yeah. I think, uh, you, you, you hit a pretty good point with the, uh, if you select some journalists to write about it, cause I think that's where they get a lot of their publicity. That's where these things become trendy is when you see websites like The Verge and maybe not them so much as maybe like YouTubers, right? MKBHD, some of these YouTubers with these huge audiences that can go, oh, yeah, I got the black AirPods and they are awesome. You know, like they look awesome. Uh, they've got this cool new texture. They get that extra marketing from not only these reviews, these early reviews, but I just feel like you grab so many more headlines when you do it at an event like WWDC. Maybe you give the attendees a free pair of AirPods, right? Or something like that. I just, there's extra headlines to be had, but they, I don't think the, the device itself warrants an actual like standalone event form by any means. Yep. So, yeah, just something else to kind of be on the lookout for to see what Apple's strategy is there because I, I agree with you. This might be their hottest product right now just in terms of, I mean, shoot, we've seen it just with, with our stories that are regarding these AirPods. They tend to be a lot more popular for whatever reason. We also see it with, uh, I think, I don't know if you've seen this, the AirPod proposal. Have you seen this video? No. What is it? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a video of a young guy that uh had a big circle of friends around him and his the girl that he was proposing to had uh regular uh ear pods in just regular wired headphones in and he walks up to her takes that those wired uh headphones out and then he opens the airpod case like it's an engagement ring 
and he offers her these AirPods. So I don't know if it was a real wedding proposal. I didn't watch, you know, to the end or, or read the captions or anything, but I know that this video was going viral because it looked like he was proposing to her and he was using Apple's AirPods. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I know I saw it show up in my Twitter feed multiple times under uh, the best Apple commercial ever or something like that. And it, it definitely wasn't sanctioned by Apple to my knowledge, but, uh, um, I just think that's uh that shows you gives you an idea of how popular this this uh, accessory is right now for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes to the end of Kuo's pretty bi- again pretty big list of things he's expecting Apple to do. Uh, so new iPhones, which we could have guessed, lots of cool features on those iPhones, including the bilateral wireless charging, uh, maybe a little bit bigger iPad, and a revamp of the iPad Mini line. 16 and a half inch MacBook Pro with a 32 inch almost uh, 6K monitor with it. Um, new designs, new uh, new options for the 13 inch MacBook Pro, and then uh, ceramic casing for the Apple Watch, and then of course these new AirPods and AirPower, which have been looked forward to. to I mean, this is going to be a busy 2019 for Apple if even half of these hold true. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. Good times. It, it is exciting because when you got the word of the March 25th event, okay, no hardware, dang. And then you know that Apple, um, software-wise, last year was more like just re- just uh, like a kind of shoring up things, uh, increasing liability. There wasn't just a lot of software things done. So you think, okay, this year they'll focus on software. And so I just didn't have high hopes for this being a big hardware year. But uh, clearly that seems to be not the case. Uh, anything else about Kuo's report that you wanted to add here? No. Uh, <laughs> did we mention it was such an ugly infographics? <laughs> it's going to give me nightmares tonight. <laughs> oh, man. It's rough. I think, is it the year of the pig for folks in China? I don't know. I'm not very good at keeping track. Of it. I know they had their uh, New Year's, and I think it's the year of the pig. So I think that explains that graphic. But <laughs> I can't explain the bunny, the cloud bunny. <laughs> The cloud bunny's weird. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's not, I don't know. It's scary. I think it's maybe like cultural differences, right? Like, I think this is probably sharp looking to them and to us, we're going, why the flowers? <laughs> oh, look at you. It is the year of the pig. Hey, I know things. <laughs> Man, you're, you're, so, you're so good. You don't know crap about Apple, but you know everything about your Chinese <laughs> animals. animals yeah. <laughs> the Chinese zodiac. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> the Chinese zodiac expert. And that should wrap it up. If you have any opinions or, you know, like maybe you thought uh, maybe – I don't, you're super excited about some of these products. I don't know. I feel like we don't, I don't offer up the Twitter engagement thing. I love it when people reach out, you know, after the show, if there's a particular product that interests you or you think maybe a rumor is kind of off. I mean, I love talking about this on Twitter. So find us there and we can continue the conversation. Yep. And uh, we can say that you are at Melvco on Twitter, M E L V C O. And I am at Sebastian Page, S E B A S T I E N. That's how people can find us. And this is, of course, um, in the show notes of the show for easy access. Cody, my friend, I want to thank you for being here once again. And I'll talk to you next week. Yep, I'll be here. Bye-bye.